Good morning. Good morning. I'm calling you from a construction site in downtown Manhattan. Oh, that's, you're so productive in the morning. Yeah. You've already started building something. Mm-hmm. I'm very industrious down here. <laughs> they should be careful down there, right? Isn't there? There's just basically... Uh, uh, it's, uh, the village area, is, unlike the rest of New York, is not built on bedrock. Yes, that's right. Uh, there's an important sense in which we're built on thousands of plague corpses, actually. Yeah. Mm, such yeah, good so. foundation material. Mm-hmm. Any, any digging turns up old catacombs and things. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Um, spooky. spooky. I, I never could do, you know, the catacombs thing. Like, I was in Paris, and uh, for instance, where some of the most famous catacombs are, mm-hmm. and uh, I, I wanted to see it, but it fell to the, you know, there's an infinite, there's more than you can possibly see anyway when you're visiting sure. in Paris. And the catacombs one just creeped me out too much. Both that and yeah. the sewers. I'm not sure if those are the same. Uh, well, they can be, but uh, so being surrounded by corpses bothers you? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Definitely corpses. When you call them, cor- mm-hmm. yeah. As a, I was just thinking the bones, but yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just not my thing. Um, if I see, when I'm walking uh, down the street, if I see that, I, I go the other way. Piles of bodies. Yeah. Yeah. Because um, there's always the chance that, uh, you know, they'll stand up and start moving, right? Hmm. <laughs> that's pretty much what happens on TV. So that's my expectation. It's, it's a Chekhov's gun kind of thing. As soon as you see a corpse on TV, it's going to start standing up and that's, attacking you. That's right. <laughs> and that's, you know, that's evidence. That's repeatable. Like we've that's seen right. Those. Every, every time you watch the show, that happens again, right? Yeah. Um, um, and many yeah, shows. If Resurrection was repeatable. That would be pretty interesting, right? Um, oh, that, okay, yes. So that reminds me of the what the, if I was... Um, mentioning briefly before the show, mm-hmm. um, which is what if, um, because by the way, I, I would mention for our audience, you are a, a historian. Uh, you are not just a historian of science. You are a historian of science and religion. Yeah. Um, and, uh, I'm just curious, is it, it's not those two things separately or is it? And, uh, no, it, it's sort of the, the overlap of the two or the intersection of the two. Yeah, that's interesting. So um, what I was wondering is, what the if? Um, what if miracles were real? Mm-hmm. This is something everybody would want. Um, and uh, some people believe they are already, so they're fine. Mm-hmm. Sure. The rest of the people... Uh, we would all like a miracle. And um, um, on this show, which is called What the If, mm-hmm. what we do every week for any, any new listeners we have, welcome. Uh, I'm very glad to have you here. Uh, we don't just say what if and go off and imagine things, which is awesome. We say sure. what the if. Because we get very uh, we get very emotional about it. It's not just like we're not just a couple of intellectuals sitting here. We are intellectuals who woke up early to do this. <laughs> Speaking of miracles, yeah. and uh, through the miracle of coffee uh, and sheer willpower, 
<laughs> we've come here to do this. Um, but actually, I, I love it. So, miracles. Wouldn't that be awesome? Yeah, it would. So, I mean, one thing um, we have to think about is that there's different flavors of miracles too, right? So Ooh, there's okay. um, so technically speaking, a miracle is any event that conveys a divine message or Ooh. intent, right? Okay. Um, so nowadays we, we tend to think of that as meaning some sort of disruption of the natural order. Right. So gravity stops working for a day or fire stops burning for a minute. Right. right. Um, but that's actually not the, the only way to think about that. So the, the more traditional way uh, is actually that um, let's, let's assume we've, we've got the Judeo-Christian Islamic God, sort mm -hmm. of God of Abraham type, um, wants to send a message, wants to tell us something. Um, and then the question is, how does he do so? He, because he is the, the God of Abraham, is traditionally male, right? Um, so uh, Augustine, for instance, you know, St. Augustine of, of the Augustines, mm. uh, says God surely does that through existing natural forces and processes, Oh, really? Oh, right. So it's not that you get this Monty Python style glowing hand that right. comes down <laughs> from the sky, right? Right. Um, but if you read through, uh, say, the Old Testament or the, the Hebrew Bible, um, God does stuff via hurricanes and whales and, right. uh, you know, burning bushes and things. So, so these are, these are things that are part of the natural order, but are acting in such a way that, uh, you understand there's a divine message being conveyed. That's really interesting. And I never mm. thought about that, that for all the, uh, mm. science fiction-ish or fantasy, let's say elements mm. in, in the Bible stories, um, there is no like, um, just thing that's like unexplained. Yeah. I mean, there's occasional stuff like in Ezekiel, right? You get the flaming chariot wheels in the sky, right? So there is, there is sometimes just totally oh, out there stuff. But even so um, it's a flaming chariot wheel in the sky. All three of those mm -hmm. things are real in the sense that recognizable things, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, um, so they generally, um, the the position of say Christian theology uh, for a long time is that God does this kind of communication via natural forces. So you shouldn't. It's like you know that old joke where you know somebody's stranded in a flood and they pray to God for for help and a boat comes by and says get in the boat and the guy says no no I'm, I'm God's going to help me so the boat leaves and another boat comes and says get in the boat and they said no no God's going to help me and then finally the guy dies and he goes to heaven and he says God why didn't you help me and God says well I sent you you know all these boats right why didn't you get in them um, so if you if you think a, a miracle is going to be you know angels floating down from heaven to pluck you off of the uh, the flooded island, right. um, then you're going to be sorely disappointed, right? God is like, I have all these tools and I will use them to help you, but you've got to kind of pay attention, right? Okay. This is fascinating. So it's already, uh, I already see a couple, two or three different um, levels or aspects to this what the if question. Mm. Um, one is when I say if miracles are real, I get uh, to clarify that. I mean, um, what if, oh, what if miracles were real and scientifically repeatable? Sure. Sci mm -hmm. sci scientifically verifiable. 
and repeatable. That's one right. thing. The second thing, one thing that you mentioned there was how do you um, assign, uh, how do you know that that miracle is coming from supernatural God right. force mm-hmm. yep. being and not just random? And so in a strange way, what the Bible is doing there by saying, you know, by having God work with these natural forces, but in such great quantities or power, mm-hmm. um, or not do, you know, burning, but not burning up, uh, kind of thing is right. that's God's way of sort of, um, encrypting his message. Yep. Yep. Actually. And I think that's encrypting is actually a pretty good metaphor, right? So the yeah. idea is, um, you can, the same event, if you and I are watching the same event, but I watch it through eyes of faith, then I see that encrypted message and I say, oh, that's God that did that. And you see exactly the same event, but you don't see it because you're not looking at it through that particular lens, right? Oh, I um, didn't know. I, yeah, I, I actually said something profound. <laughs> it's a miracle. Yeah, so, so you know, we often want um, you know, the, the miracles to be the thing that uh, you know, converts the unbeliever or convinces everybody who's looking at it. But that's actually not really what miracles are usually for, right? They're not usually that in your face, uh, but rather uh, they're for the people who already believe and understand what's going on. Um, they're not really conversion tools. Um, they're sending a message to a specific person. Tools. Right, right, right. Yeah. Although I guess maybe it's just in the early part of the of the uh, Old Testament, maybe where there are moments that were like, uh, isn't it Moses? Anyway, there's different moments where Moses or God or somebody has to prove mm-hmm. to the people that God is exists. Yeah, that's right. So that's uh, a particular often um, in the form of a prophet battle, which is one of my favorite things. Right. So right. Um, it, there's usually a rival prophet. So like Moses has to throw down with the prophet of the Egyptian gods um, to see who's more powerful. Right. Um, and that's a different kind of thing. Right. And and in sort of modern Christian theology, those are much less common because in order to have a proper prophet battle, you have to accept that there is a rival God. And then it's a question of which God is more powerful. But if you think there's only one God, then you can't really have a prophet battle, right? Uh, There's just prophets and false prophets. Right. So um, that's less fun. I'm going to jump quite a bit forward in the story. A little bit, a little bit, quite a bit, Uh, depending on your um, frame of reference. Um, Mm -hmm. Let's say that um, a scientist, it would have to start with one. So a scientist, uh, she discovers, uh, she she sees something that looks miraculous, mm-hmm. but then tries to do the exact same thing again, and it does happen again, right. and again, and again, and again, and this becomes proven, um, or ve- what do you call it, uh, not proven? Uh, yeah, demonstrated is fine. Right? Confirmed. Okay, that'll do. Or something like that. But repeatedly confirmed mm-hmm. uh, with higher and higher accuracy. Right. And uh, uh, I think that what will happen is other, all, all kinds of things now could be very, like, you know, there might be, we certainly would realize it's not just this one thing. Sure. Mm-hmm. It isn't just this, uh, uh, I don't know. Maybe a bush in her driveway started burning and kept burning. And uh, 
somehow, yeah, that's the I, well, I and that's we, the we, question, we, right? And she she figures out a way to to make any bush burn for long periods of time, right? Is that what you're thinking? Oh, right. Okay, so this that this level of detail could get a little complicated. So okay. let's just say for the moment we don't know it's abstract miracles repeatable supernatural um previously uh, or they do not so in order for it to be a miracle mm-hmm. we have to say that it does violate all known science well so that's the question right so there are some miracles that like i said sometimes a miracle is just any given event seen through the eyes of faith and then you see the hand of god at work in that or you can say a miracle is a disruption of the natural order right and it's not uh i, I should say there there's there isn't a um, correct answer to that right you can conceive of miracles in either way um but there's this you know there's this weird sense in which uh to a certain degree we say laws of nature or the order of nature is defined by repeatability and regularity. So as soon as I can make a bush regularly burn for a long period of time, um, then it becomes part of the natural order, right? It's oh, not yeah. It's not weird anymore. It's just a new thing that we, we know, right? It didn't used to be able to be the case that people in Brooklyn and Manhattan could talk instantly to each other. Um, right. Without be, uh, but now we can. Right. So uh, so then it just becomes kind of a normal thing. Um, and I should say there's actually a sense in which scientists have tried this. Oh, um, yeah. <laughs> tried to grapple with this uh, in the late 90s and early aughts. Um, there were a number of experiments trying to measure the efficacy of prayer, particularly oh, okay. for healing. Yeah. 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 So one of the. Um, and the sort of political backstory to this, we don't need to get into, but it's right. weird and interesting. Um, but the idea was, uh, can we measure whether or not prayer makes people get better faster? Right. Okay. So kind of the crudest version of this was, uh, let's look at a hospital that has a religious affiliation and compare it to a hospital that doesn't. And do people get better uh-huh. in one or the other? And then, you know, that doesn't, that didn't really work. And then well. which religion, boy, that would. That well, that's exactly been. right. That, that, <laughs> you can, well, if this experiment works, then you can determine all kinds of interesting things. Right. So then they're like, all right, let's find somebody. Um, uh, let's get a group of people praying for one particular person to get better. And then we have a control group who doesn't get prayed for. Right. And then we do, you know, we set this up like, you know, a couple hundred times and see if right. the people who get prayed for get better, right? Did anyone um, pray? Was there another group that prayed for the person to stay sick? Well, this is the, uh, this raises, I mean, any kind of double line experiment raises ethical questions, but this one in <laughs> right. particular yeah, right. <laughs> raises some, right? Like, and when, when I talk about this with my students, someone always points out that um, you think that person, you think that person isn't getting prayed for, but maybe they are, right? They've got a, they've got a lost aunt in Kansas right. who's praying for them, but they don't know it. Right. So how can you actually be sure that a person isn't being prayed for for this experiment? Right. Um, and my, my usual answer is you need to find somebody who's such a jerk that nobody <laughs> likes and that'll be your control group. Um, but then but then things like so uh, the, the first time this experiment was done, we'll say um, oh, so there would have uh, to be a classified at jerks wanted. The jerks wanted. That's right. Do you have no friends? Sign uh, right. up today. <laughs> Help science. Give your body. Okay. Um, but how can you be sure that each person in the experiment um, is the same level of sick? 
right? What if it yeah. so happens that right. people getting prayed for are the ones who are less sick? So then they're like, all right, we'll 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 give everybody, we'll take healthy people and we'll all give them the same wound, like a little cut. Wow. And then have the control groups. Uh, some people are prayed for and some people are not. Right. Um, and then time how long it takes for that cut to heal. Um, so I say there's like a handful of these that get done and most of them are um, – uh, give no particular results, right? It's not clear whether or not prayer helps. And the biggest one actually concludes that prayer slightly hurts you. What? Um, <laughs> wow. So, I mean, and that result, so, so the results are really inconclusive, but, right. but what, well, imagine, as you say, a world in which you got a clear result from that experiment, right? You'd yes. say the people who get prayed for definitely get better faster. Right. And then you're like, what are the implications of that? Wow, right? that's is a it, great one to, to Right. Can yeah. can so is it that we are we're wow. actually forcing God to make certain people better? Or that he's God, he's like kind of democratic. That's right. He's like, okay, enough people enough votes. It's like one of those Facebook posts, right? If I get <laughs> A thousand prayers, I'll make this person better, right? And the theological implications of that are kind of disturbing, right? Is yeah. that really the case that God, you know, can you just switch God on and off that way? Um, like that doesn't seem right. Right. Although it's it's not a zero-sum thing in the sense that that doesn't mean that God can't well, also help someone that nobody knows about. Right? I don't know. I don't know. That's right. right. I mean, if, if God is helping random people, that's going to throw off your control group too. Right. Um, and then, as you say, one of the tests you can do for this is so if you if you find that this phenomenon happens at all, then you say, okay, I'm going to have Methodists pray, and now I'm going to have the Hare Krishnas pray, mm. and see who gets who gets better effects from their prayers. I like this Fight Club. <laughs> and very quickly, you're going to discover that, I don't know, it's the Mormons, right? They mm. have the most effective prayers. Right. Um, and then what do you do with that information? Do you require all doctors to be Mormons from here on out? You because purchase that, stock in the Mormon – you purchase shares in the Mormon church. I don't know if you can. Yeah, I don't know quite how that works, yeah. right? Um, <laughs> well, no, actually, forget that. Boy, that was really uh, greedy. Um, you just join them. <laughs> I think you pretty well, much joined them pretty be, fast. Right? I mean, it would be totally reasonable to say, well, we're just going to make this the official religion of the United States now because oh, we wow. know, because we know that they're right, right? They are right. able to make interventions in the world in a way that the Baha'i are not. So we're just not going to let the Baha'i be. Wow. Right? And then that country is suddenly like the – like, yeah, it's a miracle uh, – Mm -hmm. place to be. So, okay, this is very interesting. And it makes me think that uh, in this in this scientific pursuit to find a miracle that we can verify, um, we have to go, and, and I think this is maybe how science works, that we actually have to find something much more basic. Um, yeah, much like more simple, like, uh, um, yeah, so what would, like, mm, what would, basically, what's like the quantum unit of a, or, way to say it, but the, uh, the most basic unit of a miracle. Oh, yes. Yeah, I think that's right. Yeah. Um, and if we take that, that's right. What is um, what is the minimum prayer dose that gets the effect you want? Uh, oh, and that should be measurable. Right? I, well, actually, I was thinking much, much further even that saying, okay, the prayer thing is 
at the very least, the prayer for he- prayer for medical help is too complicated. Um, th- there's a lot of parameters in there that are going to make that study difficult. Mm-hmm, as sure. much as it's we're we're drawn to it because it's fascinating and would be a very good thing to have, um, or bad depending on your point of view. But mm-hmm. yeah, medically, it would be good if there was a way to make things better. Um, so, for instance, uh, I don't know, something that just comes to mind. Um, oh, um, something that can defy gravity. Okay. Um, well, it's an interesting thing because it makes me think that, okay, now for the miracle, the miracle has to, you, you would know more about this than me, but I'm starting to realize maybe, miracle has to have some human component um, and, and even like a real need or desire, because what I was imagining was, okay, I'm going to try a miracle, which is that I drop a quarter off a building, and I wasn't even going to imagine it hitting anybody. <laughs> I was just mm-hmm. sort of thinking, and I pray for it to stop in midair, and right. it does. Okay, yeah. But so that's that, the yeah. That's right. So that's the eyes of faith question, then, right? Mm-hmm. So if you're having a crisis of faith. I don't know if I believe in God anymore. I'm going to test him by dropping this quarter. Right. Then the quarter stopping is enormously important for you, right? Ah, uh, yeah. But me on the sidewalk, I'm like, huh, that's weird. No and prayer then, for you. No, no, <laughs> no miracle right. for you. <laughs> I, I go on with my day. I don't know. I mean, no, it hits you in the head. Sometimes. <laughs> that's right. It hits me in the head. I'm like, ah, cursed, <laughs> hard change. Why can't we go to all paper money? <laughs> And suddenly, all the world, all the world's money becomes paper. Poof, <laughs> right? Um, so that's uh, so. This is again this kind of thing that it can be a miracle for one person and not another. Um, oh, right. And there has to be. It seems implicit is a big part of desire. Um, you know how much you want it mm-hmm. is a big part of it. Um, which is, is, yeah, I'm already starting to see just simple things like, oh, this is, you know, where religion and science just kind of go their separate ways. Is it, well, that's interesting, right? Is that we kind of want to have this cartoon version of miracles in our heads where all of a sudden, you know, the rabbit turns into a jackalope and God's uh, existence is proven. Right. But it turns out that even something as dramatic as that um, does not have obvious significance, Right. right. You've got to have these kind of background ideas and beliefs and understandings in order to make sense of the weird thing that you just saw. Right. Uh, so I'm starting to think I was actually like, oh, you know what? There there was a simple thing uh, like people would sacrifice, you know, a goat or something mm-hmm. and um, hoping something would happen, hoping it would rain. So. um but that feels like that might be getting closer to the basic unit, although it's still not there. I'm suddenly, mm-hmm. I don't know if it's interesting to anyone else, I, I'm intrigued by the idea of what would be like the most basic unit of uh, prayer. It might be that the if you ask directly for evidence, you get it. Mm-hmm. That would be God really loosening up <laughs> that would be the very rules different. a little That's bit. Right. But, um and again, you know, you can do interesting tests. So when I ask Jehovah for help or Jehovah for quarter suspension, right. nothing happens. Right. When I ask Artemis for quarter suspension, um, it does happen. Okay. And then when I ask uh, Shiva 
for quarter suspension, nothing happens. Uh But when I ask Shiva for penny suspension, something does happen. Um, So there's – it's not at all clear, you know, can can particular deities respond to particular kinds of commands? Um, uh, Do they not respond to other ones? Do they respond to certain things on Monday? So it gets complicated very fast. So I'm going to – actually, it's interesting. Rain. Rain seems Mm -hmm. to be – okay, that's a – Something we can Rain's see. A good one. Yep. Rain is, you know, they're, they're, they're going to be a little bit of a gray area. Well, is it, you know, a few drops? In, in, in other words, wouldn't count as saying it rained on my, you know, upon my prayer for rain. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know it when you see it. And that could even be part of the prayer. <laughs> like, you know, rain and rain one inch. Okay, here we go. Specific yep. um, thing. So you, one inch of rain. Um, that's good because like you could imagine that in terms of like doing the ethical experiment, uh, you wouldn't pray for one inch of rain in a place where it would be bad to have that. Where Uh, it's already flooded, right? Right. You may find, a you know, an area that's having a drought, an agricultural Mm -hmm. area that's having a drought and you pray for one inch of rain and you get it. Um, and then you have to say, well, if it if it's already cloudy, in other words, if the conditions exist for rain already, mm-hmm. there there'd have to be a limit where you'd like almost a score. That's how you do it. You have to score these things as miracles. So, well, or or it's just the odds. You know, what, mm-hmm. what's the like? We have per- <laughs> you yeah, have that's a, right. I mean, it would, it would just be a um, a straightforward statistical significance test. Right. right. So you you set some standard. So there's a, a particular expectation of rain on this day, traditionally in the year. Um, and I'll say I'll count as a miracle any four sigma deviation from that statistical oh, expectation. Now, sigma is. Oh, so sigma is a way of measuring um, kind of far how far out from the center of the curve. Uh, something would be so for any any time um, you get kind of a normal statistical distribution right you get what you think of as the bell curve um, sigma is a measure of kind of how broad that mm. curve is mm, mm. so when you say one sigma you mean you're pretty close to the center of the curve um, so if I meet a man who is five foot ten feet tall that's within one sigma Right. Um, so that doesn't surprise me to, to meet right. them. Right. right. Um, but if I meet somebody who's six foot six, that's probably two sigma out. So uh-huh. that's surprising. Right. right. If I meet somebody who's seven feet, five inches tall, that's really weird. Right. So that's a, a high sigma thing. Uh, so cool. I would say I'm only going to, if I'm just walking the streets looking at people's height, um, I won't be surprised by seeing anybody within one or two sigma. Of the expected. Oh, this value. is good. Honestly, this is the first time I've understood what this. So, um, <laughs> uh, f- f- if you're wondering, if you're out there in the audience and you're wondering, well, what? The, what? Say, mm-hmm. um, I heard a lot about it during the discussions about um, finding the Higgs boson. Right. Higgs boson. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, they said that, well, we can't accept it as a discovery until we say it has a six sigma chance. Mm hmm of being real and not a coincidence yeah. or some random right. so, effect. So basically that's a measurement of uh, how likely 
It is to not be a weird coincidence. Right. So, all right, now I'm going to hit high speed on this. Go for it. What the, what the, what the, what the, what the, um, you can uh, call for exact measurements of rain. And um, this then uh, turns out that basically, oddly enough, um, you can actually order things up. Mm-hmm. So um, you can be very, very specific. Um, whatever it is that you have to do, that's an important part of the story, but let's say with, we don't know what it is, but it doesn't matter. Okay. It's known. Gotcha. Um, you know, it's like rub the lamp and then genie comes out and you say it and boom. Mm-hmm. Um, so miracles exist. So, so what that means, what does that mean? That means that all of a sudden people everywhere um, have supernatural powers, have access to supernatural power, mm-hmm. um, even though it's not them doing it. And this would uh, have a powerful effect on the world. And I think the one thing that would have to keep it within the realm of it still being a supernatural, well, Mm -hmm. that would already be pretty weird that you can simply ask for something and do do a little ritual and boom. But there might be times where uh, God says no Mm -hmm. or refuses. Then you'd have to ask, well, is it just, is there a backup? (laughs) <laughs> you know, is, is well, the buffer so that's, full? But, so that's the trick, right? So if it becomes so reliable that it's just regular, right. then it's going to be very hard to convince people it's supernatural. Right. Mm. Although you uh, thought, I mean, the one yeah. thing, one big thing that separates science from miracles is um, you can't just, <laughs> I can't just wish for something. Well, but I mean, if it's, so if it's just a question of kind of simplicity of invocation, right? You know, by poking this little well, black there's an app. Box there's of an glass app. I have, right? I can make this happen. That's right. So if somebody if invents an is app just for an a app, con- and <laughs> I can it push it, right? Then it's just technology, right? And right. whether there's supernatural significance kind of behind it, um, again, becomes a subjective thing. You know, if I wanted to start a, a cult of Steve Job worship, well, I guess there kind of already is a cult yeah, of Steve Job worship. I am in it. Uh, uh, that would not be hard, right? I can do this this tiny little thing. I just poke this glass box, right. and all of a sudden, I'm talking to somebody thousands of miles away. Right? That would be miraculous, true, in any sense, right? But the fact true. that we can do it mostly without fail um, makes it. Then we call it technology but the rain thing like if i ask for rain one inch of rain on this one acre of iowa Mm -hmm. um and it happens every single time right um yeah so then it just becomes reliable right that's just a tool unless we would do something like um when when you uh, a jewish guy does it you get the rain, yeah. um, but then when the Hindu does it, they don't get the rain. Right. right? So we need to have some kind of, um, again, uh, extra information or extra context right. in which to, to label it a miracle. Right. But I was like, uh, I'm, I'm going to make the real, really jumping forward, forward, forward. Let's say that um, mm-hmm. the, whatever the procedure is, it is also involved. This is actually kind of fascinating. Here's something that's great about these what if, what if mm-hmm. questions. Um, 
all the ramifications that suddenly shoot out that you're like, oh man, if you were writing this story, you got to cover this, which is that um, if it's something very simple, like the ritual, the, the way, actually, you know what it is, it's kind of like Harry Potter or something. There's a spell. Mm-hmm. Um, and, um, but you can't just say the words. You got to, there's something about how you have to put yourself in the right state of mind right. when you ask it. You have to meditate so, first. So it's kind of like that. Um, and, uh, Everybody has access to that. That means that there's whole ways of being and whole ways of, you know, vast sections of society change. Mm-hmm. The way sure. you grow up, you learn all this kind of stuff. Um, and uh, But it could still be supernatural. And so um, I think your immediate problems would be when people start asking for things that conflict Ah, uh, that's what's going to happen. Just like we try to trick quantum mm-hmm. mechanics, yep. Or you know, we try to figure uh, as we were talking about in a previous episode. Um, yep. You try to get God in a bind. Yep. Exactly. Right. Uh, so yeah. um, let's say the the God who's answering these prayers is in fact um, the good old Hebrew God, right, mm-hmm. Jehovah. Mm-hmm. Um, and you say, God, may I please have a um, bacon cheeseburger? Yeah. <laughs> and does God then say, sorry, that's Trafe. You can't have that. Right. What do you, what, maybe um, you get the burger, but it has no bacon on it. That's right. And you're like, where's the bacon? <laughs> and you say, look, and God beef? says, look, pig's a dirty animal. You can't eat the pig. Right. Um, then I should say, for, again, fairly quickly, you should be able to reconstruct the rules of your religion really easily, right? You're just like, okay, yeah. I'm just going to wish for every kind of food I can think of. Right. And the stuff I don't get is the stuff I'm not supposed to eat. Done. Uh, uh, right? So so God becomes, um, or the, you know, the God force, uh, whatever it is. So say we still don't know, you know, even in this world, we don't know what's causing it. You know, we, yep. we, we don't know what's going on behind this black box, so to speak. Um but it's like software. It's like a computer. You have to, you yep. know, just like with a computer, really, you have to ask it correctly. Mm-hmm. That's right. But then the, this is this, um, then we end up with a God that's really kind of mechanical, right? Do we really want God to just be iOS 37? Right. Um, so the theological implications of of this world are pretty strong. And if it turns out that God really is just um a, an operating system that has perfectly oh. understandable inputs and outputs, right. then like, you know, you're kind of a crappy God at that point, right? We don't, I don't think anybody really wants their God to be a purely mechanical thing that way. Right. right? Although, you know, one, want- one thing that would happen is you would get these, uh, people would figure out a way to become in the interface um, yep. or, sure. or the middleman, so to speak, uh, like Mark Zuckerberg could mm-hmm. become a high priest Yep, that's right. Because we would give those people special titles, and they probably wear special clothes to right. to market. Right? And he literally, he literally, you know, has to have a very intimate relationship with God. So mm-hmm. he's got a, you know, there's some deal or something <laughs> happening. And um, uh, actually, it'd be an interesting way for God to control the world <laughs> because it'd be like, all right, you know, you got you, Steve Jobs, you got here, here, Bill Gates, you're over here, Mark Zuckerberg, you're here, whatever, um, and. Uh, uh, you, Putin, you're over there, <laughs> mm-hmm. um, and uh, you've got to do this for me. And if you do this, then all of your customers or subscribers 
will have their um, prayers answered, which is kind of yeah. what like the televangelist preachers are saying. You know, sign sure, up with me. Yeah, I've but got it's, the power. Uh, and it's just a because if it's um, if there's people who are good at it and people who aren't, then right. we call those people experts. In the same way, there are people who know how to fix cars and people who don't know how to fix cars. Right. Right. Um, and depending on how valuable that skill is, they get paid more and certain social standing and um so you get uh yeah like uh engineering priests or priest engineers how are we going to do that so what this says to me is that no matter what um the you know corporations manage to steal it and control it Oh, like, instantly, right? Yeah, if it's if it's repeatable <laughs> like that, that's just going to be it, right? It's going to be right. Um, so the religions, the big religions, in a way, would become like um, uh, the, the different um, TV networks or service, like you know, Netflix. <laughs> like there'd mm-hmm. be a Netflix type god, which is like new up and comer somehow, mm-hmm. or the deal, the deal that Netflix has with God is a little different than the old deal that the Catholic Church has with God. Both can provide their services, but whatever... Here's what becomes really creepy in this story. This is where I'll leave it. What goes on? What is the contract that Mark Zuckerberg had to sign with God Mm -hmm. to be able to offer, you know, a billion customers all their miracles on demand? Very strange. Uh, we don't yep, know. I don't know. Well, that's, that's right. We'll have to attend Definitely, the next shareholders meeting. That's right. Facebook. The next shareholder. And, and, and I can say one thing. His face does melt off. Whatever, whatever oh, it is. Yeah. Uh, if, while on Facebook Live. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> if you've seen Raiders of the Lost Ark, mm-hmm. you know that part of the price to pay is if you screw up. Um, like whoever was the head of Yahoo when they uh, had a billion of their, you know, <laughs> yes, customers hacked. Um, their face is definitely going to melt off. Because they broke it. They, obviously, they must have pissed. Oh, that's it. Here we can bring it all back around to basic okay. religion. When bad things happen, we don't have to blame ourselves necessarily. Just mm-hmm. say, you know, if if somebody starts stalking you on Facebook and and somebody hacks your Facebook account mm-hmm. uh, or some whatever, some bad thing happens to you because of Facebook in some way, um, Mark Zuckerberg displeased God. Well, that's right, and that's the flip side of the the miracle question is uh, two people can look at the same event and one of them says uh, it's a miracle God loves me the other one says there's nothing special about it and then the flip side of that is something bad happens and one person says there's nothing special about that and the other person says that's God punishing me right so these 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 sort of miraculous messages and the, the divine significance of an event whether it's a good or bad event um, is again sort of in the eye of the beholder or as we have on this show, since we're audio only, in the ear of the beholder. In the ear of the beholder. And, uh, yeah, this what I'll tell you one thing that uh, just gets, uh, intrigues me each time we do one of these things. We ask a very simple question, or what mm-hmm. appears to be a simple, simple question. I'll try to make it as simple as possible. And very quickly, the number of questions you have to answer, based on this one tweak of the world, mm-hmm. is uh, pretty amazing. It, it goes out like this one I feel like we again this was another one there was another one we did like this too where I feel like wow we barely got off the ground exactly yeah we just scratched the surface yeah right? and yeah. I can say right we're essentially battling 3,000 years of western theology here or trying to reinvent 3,000 years of western theology that's true 
3,000 years of Western theology in your face. (laughs) We took care of it on a podcast. Um, Thank you all for listening. We really, really enjoy uh, having you here. Please um, uh, do us all a favor. Uh, Go to iTunes um, and uh, give us uh, five stars. You just go, you just look at the name of our, uh, what, look up What the If on iTunes, and there's a thing where I think right there, it says write a review, and maybe maybe a lot of people don't know, you don't actually need to write a review. Um, there's a bunch of stars there, you can just click the five star, the fifth star, and um, that's going to be another podcast we'll do called The Fifth Star, um, and you have to earn that. Each, oh, that's each a episode, that's yeah. a tough one. No, I'm not going to uh, but if you think this was worthy of five stars or more, five to ten to the fifth stars, click it. Um, if you want to write a few words, that's cool too. That, that that is an extra boost. But you know, if you're not into that, Except, um, goat sacrifices. Oh right, and, and uh, graven idols. So if anybody wants to send us some graven idols, yes, the more okay. graven the better. Yeah. Um. Well, we hear the we hear the uh, the police coming. Yep, that's right. It means I gotta go. <laughs> you gotta go back into the catacombs. Uh, everyone, thank you for listening. I hope you all have a miracle today. And I, I mean that even in a more sincere way than Oprah would. So thank you for listening. We will s- talk to you all next week. Bye now. <laughs>